I'm Jamie. And I'm Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of the human behavior. Welcome, everyone. I don't know what that was, but. <laughs> We're just I'm playing going with, with our it. lenses, our real our, and imagined lenses. Absolutely. And what a time to play around with our lenses because today. We are talking about the 2022 slasher film, Sick. Who's there? Identify yourself. Fuck it. Give me the knife. Give me the knife. Be careful. Hello? Where did he go? Streaming on Peacock. Woohoo! So. This movie was directed by John Hames. I'm going to say yes. Uh, And it was written by Kevin Williamson and Caitlin Crabb. And the film stars Gideon Adlon and Bethlehem Million. What a name. Bethlehem Million. That's intense. It's very (laughs) intense. But, you know, I'm here for it. So, obviously, heavy spoilers. If you have not watched the movie Sick, please... Pause, go watch it on Peacock, and come back and listen to us talk about it. Maybe you you share some of the same views. I know I have a lot of opinions about the movie, and I'm ready to get into all (laughs) of the things. (laughs) So before we get into that, I think we need a two-minute plot. Well, actually, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm just ready to talk about this, guys, because I'm so (laughs) curious as to what you thought about it, but... Producer Brian, please give us some words before we get into this. Sure. Hi, everybody. Hi, YouTube. We're on YouTube. If you're listening, we're on YouTube. Find us on YouTube. Watch us on YouTube. Um, yeah, you can also find you could also find us at Talk Horror Pod on all of the social media. We are doing a ton of fun stuff on TikTok. We share those TikToks on Instagram. So if you're an Instagram person, you'll get that same content as well. Um, so check us out on all those, and then Twitter uh, reminds you when all of our episodes come out as well. So check us out there. We're having a ton of fun and we're almost up to uh, 8,000 followers. We're working our way towards 10K so I can get those damn playlists so that I can organize (laughs) everything. The type A in me is just like, I need to organize all of the videos. Um, So uh, yeah, follow us so that I can organize videos. That's my only ask. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's, uh, you know, uh, big of an ask, you know, just like get us there and then we can... Have all the things nicely organized, like you said. (laughs) 
Grand. So let's get into it. We need a two-minute plot summary of this. I feel like, Brian, you could do this justice. Yeah, I'll do this one. Sure. What's the plot? Yes. I will time you. Okay. Did you open up the calculator or did you open no, up No, I don't do that because I don't even have the calculator on my homepage. Oh, yes. But now my... I almost just did it because we were talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Okay. Producer Brian, you have two minutes on the clock to tell us everything about sick. Are you ready? Ready. All right. And go. <coughs> so, sick is about uh, this guy who goes to the grocery store during April of 2020 during the pandemic. Um, he's being stalked, then he's murdered in his um, apartment. We flash to two girls, co- college girls at the same college as this first guy, um, who decide to quarantine together um, during the beginning of the pandemic. Huge trigger warnings for this one. Uh, we'll get into that after this. But um, they uh, decide to quarantine at a in, on at the um, Parker, the main girl's parents' house in the woods. They're isolated, um, and then what we find out is that um, uh, her boyfriend, her ex boyfriend, their will they won't they person shows up. Um, but essentially, they are also all being targeted by this murderer. Um, look, we don't know why, but you know um, the friend dies. Um, there's there's just a lot going on, and they're trying to escape this murderer. And then uh, Parker m- kills the murderer, kills the intruder. So this is um, you know we're like oh cool, and then she looks up and twist there are two of them it's been two of them the whole time because they're both dressed in the same like black outfit and the first the guy who finds his dead partner is like truly torn up about it so then um she runs out of the house um her friend is with her they run to the top her friend falls off the roof um and plays dead she's trying to call the police while the other one is um um um, being picked up by somebody on the road. So, like, there's just, like, a lot happening here. And then she gets picked up, and she gets chloroformed with a mask that was given to her to get into the car. And what we find out is that the... The people that were attacking them were actually a family where their youngest son was killed during a college party because she kissed the main anti- the protagonist who um, we find out is asymptomatic for COVID. So they're getting revenge on the fact that their son died because of her. Um, and then they all die and we're all, and they get killed and we're all good. And that's the plot. <laughs> That was really great. Yes, Brian. I got caught up in the, like, the house shenanigans when I should have just, Mm. like, skipped straight to the, like, finale because the twist (laughs) and the reveal are the interesting part of this movie to me. So. Yeah. Well, I mean... mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, because the the boyfriend who shows up is jealous because she posted pictures of her kissing that guy on social media, which is yeah. why the parents figure it out um, for her. Just to fill in mm-hmm. some of the blanks that I left out. Uh, that's me cheating. I went two minutes and thirty <laughs> seconds. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, well, Brian had mentioned this and we didn't get into it, but Jamie, if you want to give us some more trigger warnings in this movie so that people, the people will know if this is for them or not. 
Yes. Um, I would say, you know, this is a slasher film. So there are insides that end up on the outside. Um, also, this is a film that is about the COVID-19 pandemic, a.k.a. the current pandemic that we are experiencing. So if it's too real, that is okay. You don't have to watch it. Um, but it references the early parts in the pandemic when we didn't have vaccines yet and didn't fully know what was going on. But again, that could be super triggering for folks. There are lots of like actual references to like Fauci and people on the news talking about Fauci and like the guidelines and things like that. Um, I just feel like all of that's important to note because yes, it it's, you know, setting the stage for the movie, but also I think there are elements of that that like are still really triggering for folks. Um, so that is definitely like included in the story. There's also a broken leg that's pretty icky. You know, Brian hates leg injuries. So uh. putting that out there for leg injury, squeamish folks, um, spending a lot of time like working on her leg. Uh, so you get a lot of leg action. <laughs> this, is a leg, this is a leggy movie. <laughs> a lot of leg. A lot of legs, a lot of legs, a lot, lot of, of legs. legs. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, yes. So if this, if that's not your cup of tea, you know, watch another episode. Um, but let's get into everything that is the movie sick with our near and dear Kevin Williamson as an integral part of this. And obviously, yes, this is a huge slasher movie. So let's start off with our likes and gripes. So I'll go really quickly because I don't have like much to say and I want to hear everything that you guys have to say about this. (laughs) I want to start off with the fact that Brian, per our last uh, recording, not our last episode, but our our last recording of uh, Mm -hmm. us conversing, I tried my best to sit through the movie and watch (laughs) it without taking notes. So oh, I can get the full experience. Oh, cool. <laughs> great. I, so I, 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 great. I made you feel terrible. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> this is a me problem. I'm in therapy working on it. Um, but <laughs> I <sighs> sat. Uh, I mean, it's, it still kind of didn't work because things were just going firing in my brain as I was mm. watching this. Of I need to just write this down to keep track. Because it was everything and nothing to me at the same time. And as someone who loves slasher movies and can get down with the craziest of craziest, you know, the dumbest of dumbest, this was just too far gone to me. And Mm. I will just start off with the, the gripes of it all because... Having a movie set in the pandemic, yes, it's relatable. Yes, we're gonna watch it. Yeah, let's like see what happens. But I think that setting a slasher movie on top of an already scary pandemic that all of us might have traumas from or whatever, like was just kind of like a bad turducken of like just too many layers of things. So uh, I <laughs> love that description of it. Yes. <laughs> I've never had a turducken. Me either. And I feel me like either. I would like it, but mm. me too. it's like a lot of meat 
you know, and you know, you gotta make sure you gotta have a side salad or something with it. You make your greens on the side, you know, like balance yeah. it out, nutrition, pyramid, whatever, you know. And yeah. this was just all badly made turducken to me. Um, Interesting, especially because I have watched other movies set in a pandemic or set in our real pandemic, and it'll be on my suggestions list that I thought you know, were a lot, uh, were executed better. Um, mm-hmm. But I will say on the likes side, I I do understand wanting to put out a slasher in the midst of a pandemic because like people still are doing, are doing dumb people shit, even if there is a pandemic happening. So mm-hmm. I understand that. Maybe more so. Yeah. That, yes. <laughs> so I understand that concept and I understand wanting to maybe put something out there, but I just think that it wasn't executed how I would have wanted it to be executed. I thought that it the storyline was at times over dramatic, especially the scene with Parker and her ex-boyfriend and him just mm. saying, oh my God, we have something and you're just like running away from it. And I just felt like I was in a soap for a second and it just didn't, to me, that tone didn't match um, what was trying to be created. Uh, So that kind of turned me off of it a little bit. A like, I'll just go back and forth. So a like that I did have was the fact that even though I wasn't a fan of Parker, she beat the shit out of those men. And I was like, absolutely, yes. As far as you defending yourself, you are making some scrappy, peopling people choices in these moments mm-hmm. of grabbing the nearest thing and going after it. And so that was something that I really did uh, appreciate it uh, about it. I'm mad that I didn't guess the ending because of course someone is having revenge because their person died of COVID. Like that absolutely is like the number one thing when you start watching it and there's a slasher in the pandemic. So I was just mad at myself that I didn't catch on to that until it <laughs> happened. And so then when sure, it sure. was revealed, I thought, Oh, that's such a cop out. I, I, as a revenge thing, like if you're going to put these two things together and I know they have to meld in some way. So of course it has to deal with COVID, but it's already two things that shouldn't be melted together. So like just make it so far out there that someone's just killing just to kill just because it's a Tuesday. You know what I mean? And I think I would have gotten down with it <laughs> more so if it was that. So no, you're looking. You were looking for something more like strangers ask, where like you were home, versus like this, like very like specifically tied into the time period in which this is being told. But yes and no, because even halfway through, I was thinking to myself, we talked about the pandemic at the beginning. But then when they get into the lodge, it seems like the pandemic kind of went away because like people are in and out, they're doing like things, they're whatever, and it just. Some moments took me out of the pandemic world, I guess. And so Mm. that's what I mean kind of in the bad turducken way. It was like Mm. some parts it's like, okay, we're about COVID and all the things. And what was really funny to me was that girl spraying and wasting that Lysol when they were all high and dancing in that basement. It was like, girl, (laughs) this is in short supply. What are you doing? (laughs) And but then when like the killers are coming in and stuff, it just like also kind of took me out of the fact that we're in a pandemic until it like brings it back in. I don't know. I think that I would want it more of a through line uh, of it. But yeah, those those are my likes and gripes. I mean, as far as like a survivor girl Parker, like 
I'm here for you. You did some really good choices. I applaud you for you trying to save your life. But I just think that the concept as a whole for me was not executed in a way that was enjoyable. I think it hit the middle ground. All in all, summing it up, it either should have just went to the full, full extreme of absurdity and just random, crazy, whatever, whatever's, or it could have been grounded more into the scarce, um, the, the horror that was just the pandemic. All in all to say that, that was a lot, but those are my likes and crimes. Cool. <laughs> For that. Who would like to go next? Jamie, you go. Sure. Um, I, yeah, it's interesting. I, so I think I guessed what the ending was like 20 minutes in. Like I, I, there was a moment where I like turned to Brian and I was like, okay, like this is taking place in the early stages of the pandemic. It's the, the things that are being texted are like, oh, like, did you test? And like stuff like that, which feels like a poke, uh, you know, some, something bad happened to somebody who I think got COVID. And I think this is like a revenge for that. Um, and then come to find out like, you know, what's going on. I will say that like the, the second killer was definitely a twist and I really liked that element of it. Um, and I also don't hate that I guessed what was going on. I still found myself enjoying this movie. Um, it's definitely silly. It's a silly premise. Um, you know, despite the fact that like the actual content is not silly, but like the idea of, I, I was, and Brian can probably attest to this, I was getting really annoyed at the killers at the end and was like yelling at them from the comfort of my couch because it's, I mean, I, I have not been in this situation, right? Like I, you know, I pride myself on being transparent and, and speaking on like my own experiences. I have not been in this situation. I have not lost anybody to COVID directly. And I don't, I can't imagine how I would feel in that situation if I lost a loved one, especially in the early stages when like nobody really knew what the hell was going on. And it's like very disorienting. Um, but I had a really hard time believing that like they would go down, that the, these parents would go through these lengths, especially at this time, so that didn't totally make sense to me, but also like grief does really wild things to people. And like how many other horror movies have we seen where grief is driving people's actions? And like, maybe it's not landing for us, but that doesn't mean that grief doesn't like, you know, impact people in a variety of ways. Um, so, so yeah, I, I feel like I'm kind of mixed on it, but I had an enjoyable time while watching it. Um, and you know, it's, it's Kevin Williamson. I'm going to watch anything that he writes. And like, you can also see the connections to his other work. So I'm, I'm also, it's just like interesting to kind of continue to see his body of work and see other things, you know, surrounding different themes and topics while still being the same type of like slasher film that he's known for. Um, so I did, I, I enjoyed that as well. He's, he's consistent um, and like, you know, knows, knows his genre and like, will continue to present and like work around this genre. Um, another one, I have to go to my actual notes, um, because I, 
well, one, the jump scare in the beginning was predictable, but I still jumped. So got me. Um, I made a note of everyone wiping things down in the, in like the, after they got the groceries out Mm, and stuff. And like, just again, remembering those early stages of the pandemic when, everyone was like concerned about droplets being on physical surfaces and like how we were responding. And so like just remembering that stuff, it's, it's very interesting because, you know, some people have, have shifted away from that and like, aren't doing that anymore. So it's like, Oh wow. Like I remember being in those, in those positions. Um, I, I did really like all of the, the sneaking scenes, the sneaking around both the, the killer I thought was like wildly undetectable. Um, and it was like, I was like both impressed, but then also like, does people do, does nobody have any spatial awareness? Like, I feel like I'm hypersensitive to all things around me when there's nothing there. Um, how are no, how is nobody looking around behind them? Anyway, um, But then here's where I had an actual problem. Um, The whole scene in the water was like truly nutty as hell. Um, I don't. Okay. First, I have in all caps, fast swimmer. (laughs) How the hell did that guy get there so fast? How? How? And this was, I am assuming, the father, because at this point, the first killer had already been discovered and was taken out. So this is like the older guy who somehow is swimming at like at Michael Phelps speed when she's using a uh, an oar. Uh, Also, I don't know how she even like that. That was also impressive, like oaring herself on the dock. Um, Like she she was a very fast thinker. I really appreciated her like thought processes behind mm-hmm. the sure. choices that she made. Um, but like this whole scene annoyed the crap out of me because not only is Michael Phelps chasing her, but then also he's stabbing at her from under the dock, but like there is no leverage. And then he's also watching her from afar. I'm like, where's this guy breathing? You would hear him coming up for air. Like if he's literally right under you, you would hear him. Or if he's coming around you, like it's pitch black. It's the middle of the night. You would hear the water. Like this didn't yes. make sense. But my note after Fast Swimmer in caps is perfect at holding breath. How is he not being seen? What the fuck? I just didn't understand this magician in the water. Like, unless now he is like Aquaman. I don't know. But like, I, I just had a really big problem with that part. It really took me out of it. Um even though there was some tension, but I was just like, just get out and like swim. Like I- I'm tired of this like weird under deck stabbing thing. Um, that was like a mini parlor talk. I-, I was just like, this doesn't make sense to me. Um, the other thing that really pissed me off was the friend took so much time working on her leg it made no sense to me when I don't know why the priority wasn't calling 911. When she's when she's in the kitchen and she sees the killer there, you can see in the background there's a phone. There's a phone on the ground. I clocked that phone. I saw it and I made I commented on it so many times because I was like, why, why aren't why isn't she using the phone? Like your leg is broken. You you have time to deal with it. Like call the police. 
What is wrong with you? And then of course he attacks her and I'm just like, whatever. Then sometimes, then she gets her laptop. I'm just like, you had so much time to make a phone call, but you spent all this time saran wrapping and not enough time calling the police. And now you're in this awkward position. Um, just terrible, terrible. I think I wrote terrible priorities. Um, I did also write LOL, LOL, chloroform mask. That, that was a real highlight. Um, the, the, like, you know, the Karening of that experience when she's at the car and she's like, let me in. And she's like, Oh, but like, do you have your mask? Are you safe? Like a yes, like very real, but also it was just like, the the anxiety and tension of like dealing with like a resistant person in that moment was like for me more annoying less scary and then it was undercut Absolutely. by like <laughs> the chloroform mask um and then my last note is who is on fire just running and not putting themselves out <laughs> yes. I, where's the stop put, drop and roll that's what i put in all caps at the end stop <laughs> drop and roll what, what are, are you, you doing? doing? You're just running endlessly. Endlessly. Like, I, I, I don't, I didn't understand that. Like you went through this whole plot to, you used contact tracing to figure out any, every possible person that had a connection to your son dying, mm-hmm. but you, you forgot stop, drop and roll. That doesn't make any sense. The, those are my thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love it all. Um, so I I I liked this movie. I had a really fun time watching it. I don't think it's great, but I definitely had a good time watching it. Um, I think that this movie needed to be smarter or more clever or more dumb. I think it's too much on the safe side, if you will. Um, but I'll go through some of my likes and gripes. Let me just start off with um, I really thought there was going to be another killer. I thought that there was going to be another killer because he's not wet the rest of the movie. If you're in the water, you, like he wasn't wet. And and like all these bad guys are too strong, they're too fast. They they're just overpowering superhuman. completely. They're superhuman. And then he swims in the water like Michael Phelps like Jamie said, and he's not wet the rest of the movie. And that bothered me. And I'm like, "Oh, you know what? There's going to be another twist where there's another killer." Like in my head I was like, but like and then when the when the um, mother appeared, when the Pamela character appeared, we're just like, oh, maybe maybe she, but she didn't change that fast. No way, like she didn't swim and dry her hair. Like no 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 no. So like that was that that's where I got with that. That just really that was a huge gripe I had. But let me let me go through my likes. <laughs> my likes. The opening sequence was both a like and a gripe. I think that the opening sequence was a like because it was very effective in what Jamie mentioned, like the washing your groceries, everybody with their mask on the grocery store, people not understanding what's happening, people trying to figure it out. But my my gripe about it is it all felt disingenuous. It did not feel like that time. It felt like somebody writing a parody of that time. The like the like like with the the two people like fighting over the tissue paper the tissues um and it's like really dick like that's a or when he bumps into him and there's like that clear voiceover like hey man put on your mask like that kind of stuff just felt so fake um and and 
and and it just really bothered me because I, I also don't think it set a tone because you can't you can't make fun of that time or not per, to me right now you cannot present that time that happened that we all lived through in a less than real manner and it felt totally fake but I liked how it made me feel in some places but overall I just like did not enjoy that um, I just thought it was really disingenuous. Um, I liked the phone calls and texting stuff. I always like how they do technology in movies and obviously like a very Kevin Williamson thing. Um, I liked that all the action in this was, was fast paced. Um, it, it almost felt like some like born esque movies where like they're actually like rough and tumbling with each other and like fighting and like knocking things over. Like it felt like a step up from Scream because they weren't necessarily like goofy. I feel like all the ghost faces are like, but like, um, but like I felt like this one, like sorry, but this one they were just like pretty solid. I like that they get right to it with the texts and to Parker and the door opening and all that stuff. Like they don't skip a beat in this movie. That's why it's an hour and twenty three minutes. Like it just goes right into it. I love the Fauci drinking game. Some things in this felt very real, like that group of that generation, like just like kind of having fun with it in some ways, which is why like this movie is even happening in the first place. Like, like what is your responsibility? What are your um, um, what is your accountability? Um, I love any movie that tells of an urban legend with the snake in this one, with the like snake and the baby and like pulling it out. Um, I. This movie could have done more with its themes. Um, again, this is just a slasher, but they introduced so many interesting things, like the Parker character pushing people away during a like her idea is to push people away. She pushes that boy away when they they potentially have like a connection. And Nikija, I'll argue against you that I actually thought that their conversation felt very overly emotional. College, it like really felt like like this heightened like everything matters because like we have a connection. Like like he drove all the way there for her. Like I feel like that's the age in which you're doing wild things for like for your love fair. and stuff like fair um um uh like all of that i i i what something that i also like about this movie is that you're not guessing who the killer is it's not like scream where they have a mask on and you're like it could be any of these people like we've only been introduced to three people really and these are from the outside so we may be figuring out what their motivation is why they're hunting these people but we're not being like is this the boyfriend is it the best person is it? like i never felt that way because i like that we're seeing what they're doing in the background i like that we see them in in the background sneak into the house i like that we see them in the hallway behind her like i like all of that stuff it, it felt very eerie and it set the tone pretty well um uh, obviously had a 90 slasher feel for obvious reasons um uh i like the twist of two people i hate leg injuries i think it's well acted i love the chlor from the mask um i i was i really liked the reveal in this movie I think that during this time of the pandemic, a parent losing a kid, not being able to go to the hospital and say goodbye, um, I understand that motivation. I don't have kids, but I can – and I think that Jane Addams' performance as the mother in this, you see the confusion. You see the, uh, the, the fear. You see why she would do this. You see her total absolute blindness to the fact that like – 
her kid didn't went her kid went to that party, didn't wear a mask. It was 50% his choice too. So like I think that like but she just like is totally rage-filled murderous and like I think that that is 100% believable and I think her performance pays off in getting that across. I don't think the movie works hard enough to push those themes out and work those themes into other aspects of the movie. Um, so it feels kind of like very much an island in the, she's an island, but she was a standout, especially during that reveal. Um, she has no one to blame, so she creates the blame. Um, and I, I really was very appreciative of that. And the last thing that I'll say is that my like my last like here is that this was a solid Peacock movie. And after we've seen some not great ones on Peacock, like this was a good one in it. it there's a lot of direct-to-video on-demand movies that are coming out this year, horror-wise. And this gives me hope for some of them. So I think that's a good thing. My gripes. The tires of the car um, being slashed. A lot of this movie was convoluted. Like it was not clear if... Um, if that was his dad and that was his brother, like, I don't think their reactions to like the dead brother, other dead brother was enough. Um, I like, I just like, I didn't realize that was the dad until like later on. It almost felt like it was hired help. Um, you know what I mean? Like who brought his son along? Like there's that kind of thing. Um, I don't understand the reason for going up to the roof and trying to escape. Uh, that, that made no sense to me. Um, he wasn't wet. He wasn't wet. The end. Um, you gotta call 911. They were always so nonchalant about leaving their hiding space. Like Parker would be hiding and then she'd be like, oh, he went away for one second. I can, I can get up now. I'm like, what are you doing? What are we doing here? Um, uh, <clears throat> stop, drop and roll. How did the cops come if they cut off the internet? That's fine. Um, but my biggest problem with this movie is on April 3rd, on April 4th, those two days, there is no way that they would have had a rapid test. A month into the pandemic, they would absolutely have not had a rapid test. I do not, I, again, someone could fact check me, but like they were so, if you could even get them, they were so hard to get, but they weren't even produced yet. We didn't know what this thing was. So like for her to have that rapid test in the house with them, for her to test that she was asymptomatic, like I just don't believe that. And that actually threw me out um, completely. I think something that's interesting is if she wasn't tested and the family just believed that she had it. And then that leaves a little bit more of a vague aspect of like accountability. Like, you know, we don't know that fear of the unknown. I just think the themes in this movie, <coughs> everything from like accountability to responsibility, to the safety, to your safety, the safety of others. Because even um, Miri at the beginning of this movie says like, I cannot get infected because my dad, because I can't infect my dad. And she's the only one who's concerned when the boy comes and like, you know, stay away from me, stay six feet. Like I appreciated her keeping that pandemic thread going in the movie. Um, um, so those are my likes and gripes, but I enjoyed this movie. I had a good time. I just think it could have been more clever and worked its themes into it a little bit more. But again, it's a slasher. I I'm asking too much from this, I think. Um, but um, I have a couple questions for the group before we go into brains, if that's okay with you. Um, yeah. I'll just, I'm just going to read them down and answer whichever ones you want. I don't care. Um, <laughs> was this, was this too soon? Is this is this is the PTSD and the triggering nature of the things in this movie too soon in terms of uh, the pandemic? Um, and more importantly, in what scenario would you leave a door open? 
Like when he goes out to his car to get his bag, like I, there is there is no scenario in which I would leave a door open behind me. There is none. Zero percent. Like I can't even like not even like the only door I sometimes leave open is the refrigerator door. If I'm turning around to grab something and put it back in like I, I don't understand. Anyway, also the cabinets where our glasses are. Yeah, but sometimes I half close it and I think it's going to auto close the rest of the way and it doesn't. So that's that's no. on me. Oh, also another theme that I would have liked them to dive into a little bit more is the socioeconomic um, concept of she was so impressed when, oh, I didn't read my quotes. She was so impressed when she comes out. She goes, this is incredible, sick, disgusting, title of the movie. Um, like, she was clearly very, like, uh, you know, like, she was concerned for her father. Like, what's the difference between her friend and the way that they're handling their pandemic versus, like, this white rich kid who gets to go to her parents' like, you know, woods house in cabin? Like, I would have that that I thought they were going to lean into that because there was so much to do about all that at the beginning of this movie. So that was like, I feel like this movie introduced a lot and then just like abandoned all of the interesting threads just to go with the slasher mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but here are my other quotes. Um, Impossible. It's Saturday the 4th. Uh, when they were talking about Jason Voorhees and Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. When the, when, um, when the man intruder has his mask down to yell at her, and she goes, honey, your mask, and he puts it back up. Loved that. Um, uh, that's, those, I, I, those are all, they weren't some great quotes in this one. But anyway, was this too soon to be scary, and when would you close the door? I don't, (laughs) that's great. I also love that you mentioned the rapid test because you're so right. Everything was just so hard to get in the first place. Like you couldn't even get tissues. And where did that rapid test come from? I also never saw that version of the rapid test. Have y'all seen that version before? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I didn't see that until at least the summer or after the summer. Like I don't feel like we were being rapid tested a month after everyone went into lockdown. No way. No. I mean, I was in Canada until June. <laughs> so Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Like, I wasn't even in the States. <laughs> so I don't know, like, I mean, nothing was happening. Everyone was just like, stay at home orders, you know? Um, I don't think it was too soon for this, because, like I said, there have been other um, movies that have come out about COVID uh, that kind of dove into kind of the deeper side of it. Um, so I, I I love that Jamie did mention the point of like the wiping down things because you do kind of remember like, oh, uh, and I did have a little bit of like, oh, my palms are sweaty a little bit because I am remembering this, but it wasn't a, oh, I don't want to watch this because I'm so triggered because this has just happened for me personally. Mm. Yeah. I don't really know. I mean, like, it's a very weird thing to both be be moved past something and also still experiencing something, which is what I feel like that's that's what's happening. At least that's my like experience mm-hmm. of it where it's like being really mindful about like continued safety and and not getting sick, but also like you know, I I I do want to live <laughs> And what does that look like for me? And like, how do I manage, you know, these, like this tension between those things. Um, so I think that for me, I'm okay with seeing depictions of the pandemic 
because it's also not the current state that we're in, but it's in like an earlier state that we've moved past. Um, like not that we have moved past the pandemic, but that particular stage where we had less information. And like, that's very much what I view that time period as of like, we didn't know as much. We didn't even have vaccines. We barely had access to testing. So like there was just so much misinformation or a lack of information. And I feel, I feel like at least I am in a better position because I know more and like have access to more resources than like we did at that stage. Um, so that makes me feel a little bit better about it. And doors will always be closed no matter what. Yeah. What the hell? Um, well, one thing I'll say about this movie is that it, made me realize that I don't think it's too soon, but I just don't think that this is the pandemic movie horror movie that I want. I want a pandemic movie that is about the mental fear that it is. And and if you're going to do some sort of a slasher, it needs to be symbolic of the fear of like what's out there and that you don't know on the unknown. And, and while I think this is a fun slasher movie for, for if I'm going to watch a good pandemic movie, I need it to be a lot more introspective and a lot more interesting and dealing with a lot of the themes that we as individuals dealt with. And while I think that may be dangerous, that may be even more triggering, that may be the too soon movie, that's what I'm more interested in watching. And I recognize that this movie is not that, but as my first quote, like pandemic-esque movie that takes place during it and is is working through it from a horror perspective um i i was i wanted something more and that's more about me and less about what this movie is so if i'm just judging this movie on what it is i had a good time yeah that's a fair assessment to say and i think you're totally right brian in uh the fact that if you're going to do a pandemic movie, it needs to be more on like the mental fears because that's the thing that all of us can absolutely relate to. And that would kind of um, stir up the tension and the trauma and the things that we felt before. And if I saw a movie like that, I might say, oh, maybe this is too soon for yeah, this because for sure, I'm feeling yeah. all of the feels mm. of this because of how it's presented. But how this is presented, it's, I mean, I'm not feeling much, but just a. Uh, wow, we really kind of lived through that and how wild and crazy life is that that was our reality at yeah. one point, you know? Can we also go back for a second? You said my name, like, very intense, and, like, you really leaned into it, and I, I don't, you were like, Brian. I felt like I was getting yelled at. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, you okay? That was my teacher voice. I'm I sorry. Yeah, I was like, Brian Solomon, what did you do to this room? Uh-oh. I apologize. Maybe it's, yeah, my, my teacher. Um, Brian's in trouble. Out. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that was, that was your, yeah, that was your, your teacher, uh, your, your choir <laughs> teacher coming out like, are you singing your part or are you singing what <laughs> the person next to you is singing? All the time, Uh-oh. every day, all day. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, let's get into our next section. Mmm, brains. Brains. Which we've kind of been touching on a little bit as we've talked about our uh, likes and gripes. Uh, But I want to kind of continue on the conversation mostly of how you feel, Jamie, as far as how the media has presented 
the pandemic, because you spoke about your fears were misinformation because we didn't know what was happening and, and you know, all of those things. So I kind of want to talk about how the media has affected, like, how we have handled this pandemic and what it has done to our mental health because of the misinformation or because, you know, um, the cultural norms had to change of, like, now there's... Um, hand sanitizer stations everywhere or now we are wiping down all these things or now if you if somebody does bump into you and they don't have a mask on it's like what what the hell are you doing you know um so I guess I just want you to elaborate on what you were talking about as far as like the media and how it influenced like how we operated during the pandemic and then in turn how that affected our mental health yeah I mean I think that like there was definitely well one you know, people talk about doom scrolling, but what I really remember during the beginning of the pandemic is like this access to news and information that in an effort to constantly be informed also then creates this degree of like anxiety and distress that's so heightened because we have access to that all the time. Um, and like figuring out, and I, and this is something that I still am seeing um, like the fallout from is like, what is the amount of, of like news and media to consume that like, doesn't cause like overwhelm and distress and frustration. Um, and I, I don't have an answer and wish I did. Um, but I think like, you know, because like people were tracking numbers, people were tracking, um, like rates of, of things, you know, in, in different countries, in different cities and States, um, people were, were, you know, Fauci was the name in everybody's home. Um, it's, it's just like really interesting to reflect back on like all of the things that we were learning, but then as things were evolving and were like constantly keeping up with new information. I mean, that too has caused a lot of harm. I don't, I think that it's created a sense of mistrust and distrust of the media um, because it's like, this is the information. Wait, no, that's old now. This is the information. Wait, forget that. This is what's, it's like, you know, the amount of flexibility in your head that's required to constantly take in new, this is the facts type of info is like, can cause so much like internalized conflict and, and really breathing a sense of like, what am I supposed to believe? Like what, what is real? Like it's, it's very alarming. And, and again, like I, I work with folks who are still like dealing with that. And, and we, again, like we've gotten so much information, um, over time, like, you know, folks who still have made the decision not to get vaccinated, that the idea of like a vaccination being created in this period of time, um, is unsettling for them and like having to unpack that. Um, you know, I think, it's been, there's been so much also like politically that's coincided with the pandemic. And so a lot of people's values have really been out on display. And for some people that's also causing a lot of harm because they might have previously perceived, and, and I don't even know if I'm answering your question anymore. I'm kind of going on a tangent, but I feel like 
so many people like perceived relationships one way, but because people's values have really been like put on display for a variety of reasons, I think that has really, um, you know, like fundamentally shifted relationships where like people are not aligned on values anymore because of information that's being shared because of like conversations that haven't been had before that now have to be had. And, and a lot of it I think is connected to the pandemic. Like when people talk, I mean, it's corny in some ways, like companies talking about this being an unprecedented event, but like when it comes to mental health, like I really, I still say it because like, I have no idea what the long-term lasting impact is going to look like you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, like we only know what's happening right now, which I think is like a sense of, of, of burnout, um, a sense of like, you know, feeling stuck in a lot of ways, people wanting to slow down. I know for myself, like thinking about the new year and like how I wanted to move forward in 2023 is I really wanted to like slow down and feel more grounded. And I think that's something that like a lot of, I've seen a lot of, um, you know, like other mental health adjacent influencers have been talking about going into 2023 is like just this sense of like being super intentional, um, which I think is like requiring, uh, people to like slow things down. So, all of that to say is like, I think that's a huge norm that's shifted, uh, like away from hustle culture and productivity and more into like, let's slow down, let's be intentional. Let's like invest energy back into ourselves. Um, you know, for a variety of reasons, because like people are at home, um, working from home, figuring out how are they balancing, you know, working from home and, and living at home and like the separation of church and state, so to speak. Um, how are people balancing, like, you know, um, getting used to a hybrid lifestyle and then being told they have to come back into work and like, what does that look like for them? And like, what's the toll that that's taking on them? So like, there's just so many things that I could keep going on and on and on about. I wasn't even thinking that I was going to talk this long, um, about this, but I think your question really like hit a nerve because like, I, I have no idea how this is all going to shake out. I'm wildly interested to see like what the studies are going to say, because like, who knows truly, I, I, I really don't know, but like, all I can say is I'm along for the ride with everybody else and like just taking it as it comes and in a slow fashion. Yeah, no, all of that is great. And you answered my question and more. I mean, it's, it's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. (laughs) It's great. No notes. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Yes. Uh, I, I have a quick question, if that's all right. Um, no. Okay, thank you. That's the end of our episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the reveal, and I've talked about this a lot in the past, like, 40 minutes, is that, you know, this mother lost a child and she's taking out her revenge because she really doesn't have anyone to blame or she's finding blame in in the Parker character. I, I'm sure a lot of families dealt with these same feelings, obviously didn't turn to, you know, a rageful murder spree, um, but probably wanted to deep down inside. And I think this idea of the movie is very interesting. I guess, you know, what are other ways that families who had to say goodbye to family members, like via like FaceTime, like in a hospital and couldn't be there and be with their passing, didn't get to say goodbye. They have this like, 
unfinished business. They didn't really get to, you know, it, it, it's just kind of like it's done and they didn't get their moment um, to, to, you know, say goodbye. Um, you know, what is something that families can do when something like that happens, especially like during the pandemic when there's the fear of these things happening again? It's not like it goes away. Um, I, I, I guess like what's something that a family could do instead of, you know, hunting and murdering, you know, the who they believe is the, you know, culprit, <laughs> if you will. And like, you know, accountability, blame, all of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Like. I think that I think something we've talked about is like how to honor and like process loss in maybe unconventional ways. Um, I think we've talked about that a little bit before. And like, you know, when you think about like we, when people experience loss and are grieving, there's there are a lot of I would say like rituals around not like rules, but just like rituals that, that cultures have that like family units have, um, that, you know, in a pre pandemic world, like people would have funerals, hold wakes, like do be, be in hospice all together and like do things to honor, um, their loved ones. And, and so like losing access to that, like people weren't able to like attend funerals in the height of the pandemic. Like people lost access to those rituals that provide closure for us. Um, when, when, you know, we've experienced, um, loss. And so like, that's something that I, I think a lot about now is like, you know, for, for getting, I think I talk a lot about like, how can you get creative with, with things when we've lost access to resources or things that we just like, you know, can't do for one reason or another. Um, one interesting thing, this is like a real resource that I know of. Um, there's a resource called the dinner party and it's like a virtual platform for people who have experienced grief to come together. And it's like a support group for like people who have experienced similar loss to be able to like find support from other, from other peers who have been through similar situations, just as like one example of like a creative way to still have a connection with people. Um, even if it's not like, you know, close loved ones, I think like isolation is most of the time, not a good thing despite this being a pandemic where like isolation is what keeps us safe, it also can have a really negative impact on our mental health. Support is so important, um, which is why virtual therapy is super duper cool. Um, but yeah, so like a resource, like the dinner party where you're able to like access other people who have that shared experience is I think incredibly supportive, um, in a time where like, you're already feeling alone, you're already feeling isolated. And then you can't even like access the collective, like grieving in a funeral or a wake. Um, so like, again, that's just one example, but I think it, it, it was incredibly challenging for people to lose access to that closure that allows them to like process. Um, it feels unresolved and like, that's 
that's just like such a hard thing to, to work through when like there isn't an end, like beginnings, middles, and endings are, are all parts of relationships that like we, we sometimes are able to like process intentionally and sometimes not, um, grief sometimes we're able to process and sometimes not, but like losing the ability to grieve in ways that we're used to or, or, or more traditional, just like, I think had such a awful impact on the mental health of like people who lost people during COVID. So, um, so yeah, creative, creative ways to still like process your grief and also connect with people so that you're not isolated. Cool. And creative outside of a murder spree, obviously. Yeah. That's not like the, the lane of creative I'm really going for. Mm -hmm. We don't do that. We don't murder people's. (laughs) here mm-hmm. <laughs> not here not not here we just talked about the movie <laughs> version of that but yes mm-hmm. <laughs> beautiful well should we get into rotten tomatoes yeah let's do some rotten tomatoes it's the rotten tomatoes game. <laughs> okay what do you think this has on rotten tomatoes uh, Jamie, let's go with you first. I'm going to guess uh, 67. All right. Nikisha, what do you think this has? Okay, I watched this last night, and the score was on Peacock. I'm sure it's changed. Maybe, maybe not. Um, okay. So, But we'll I guess just... another number because the number I saw on Rotten Tomatoes, I was like, this can't be right. Okay. <laughs> Uh, 55. Uh-oh. Um, this has an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, so it did change. Dang. From what oh, what did you see? 91. Oh, wow. Yeah, this has wow. an 88%. Smart, self-aware, and all too timely. This slasher co-written by Kevin Williamson is sick in all the best ways. I don't, I don't <laughs> like that. Me either. <laughs> that feels yucky. Uh, I don't know. Uh, the audience right. score is a sixty-five percent, which feels right. That sounds no, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Should we go into the five S's? No. Yes. The, there are four. Five? No. There are only four. Four. I was like, what's the fifth? One? What's the fifth? Six. No, I was writing down the timestamp, and it's at like fifty-six minutes, um, so I could put in the like <laughs> the 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 little thing that we put in there, the little intro. But uh, yeah, the four. Let's do the four S's. How about we'll just stick to the four? That's fine. <laughs> Skull, scare, shakes, and suggestions. The talking horns. Uh, so this is skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. There are only four of them. Uh, we haven't been doing this very long. Uh, and, um, <laughs> you know, but uh, skulls is how well this hand handled mental health and human behavior. Scares, how scary was it? Shakes, how much will you remember it? Uh, and then suggestions, well, you know, what would you find in a Walmart two-pack with this? Uh, Jamie, let's start with you with your skulls, scares, and shakes. Sure. So for Skulls, I gave this a six um, Mm -hmm. because I really liked our main uh, protagonist. Um, 
I, I do feel like the choices and decisions that she made, even if they weren't always the best ones, they still felt like, you know, choices that I would make potentially, uh, well, maybe not me, but that a, a, a real human person would actually do. Are you not um, a real human in person? Real life. Well, no, because then I was like, I don't want people to think that like I I went to a party and Megan. like made out with the guy. Right, sure. And yeah, and I'm not a Megan, Mathrigan. Um, but uh, but I do feel like you know, like there were genuinely people who were doing that at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, and, and like the choices that she's making in terms of like trying to evade the killer, I, killers, I thought was like, you know, kind of grounded. So I, I definitely bumped it up a few points. Um, for scares, I am giving this a four, um, because even though a lot of the jump scares were predictable, I still jumped. So I feel like it did in fact do its job, but like, Otherwise, it was there was tension, but it wasn't like super duper scary. But like the jump scares did get me. Um, and for shakes, I'm gonna give this a three. Um, I, I don't think it's gonna like stick around for forever in my brain. Um, not as much as like the other Kevin Williamson things have. Um, but you know, it 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 made a, a little bit of an impact. Nikisha, cool. Uh, I'm going to give the skulls a four for our main girl because uh, she, you know, did some good self-defending and also for the portrayal of how everyone was react uh, was acting during the pandemic. Because like Jamie said, both sides of it, wiping down the things, but still people like partying in Florida. So mm-hmm. that was the reality. Scares, I put it as a one. It did not scare me at all, but I did like some of the gore that I saw. Um, and then for Shakes, it's also just going to be a one for me. I'm just a one and done for this one. Yeah, sure. Um, mental health skulls, I'm giving this a seven because I was just very into the mother character. Um, scares, I'm going to give this a two because uh, none of the scares got me, got me, except for the... the um, the leg. No, not for me. Um, and then uh, Shakes, uh, I'm giving this a five. It can go either way. This might be on a list that I give to someone. This may have, might never make any of those lists. I don't know, but I like that I have it in my tool belt now of suggestions, if that makes sense. Um, and honestly, like, I'll give it a five because, like, it's a pretty good, like, straight to streaming horror movie like bot like in general but yeah anyway uh jamie what are some of your suggestions what would you pair this with a chianti (laughs) um i mean uh, the obvious one is scream uh i feel like it's impossible to not recommend scream um if you're looking for just like the classic slasher Um, But I think I would also recommend Contagion for another pandemic-related horror. Uh Uh-oh, did I? I mean, no, only Scream. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay, Jamie. I have – I've become you now, and I have, like, four suggestions. So, like, take Contagion. It's fine. 
wasn't even on my original list. I, I literally thought of it now. I was like, oh yeah, why did I, uh, I put scream comma and then didn't write anything else. And it was like, was that like an unfinished thought? Did I have more? And I just didn't think harder about it, but yeah. <laughs> well, to tackle on, I mean, yeah, I think Contagion is like the ultimate pandemic movie and I definitely watched it during the pandemic with my we roommates at the time. Yeah, I think it was on HBO mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, so mm-hmm. wild, but I loved it. Love, 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 love. If, if I wanted to pair this with a Walmart two-pack with the same kind of like crazy, dumb, not that great, but great, but a little bit, a, a lot of it to me better than this, there is a Hulu movie called Safer at Home, and it was made in 2021, but it was set in 2022, and the pandemic was actually a lot worse, and there were police going around because it was like stay-at-home orders and no one could do anything, and it's all over like a Zoom FaceTime type thing. So it's like a bunch of friends getting together, doing things, and like something happens. And so I think it's a good pairing of like something happening but like in the midst of the mm-hmm. pandemic and like you can't go for help because you can't go outside and all that kind of stuff so safer at home was it good you uh, really liked it better than this i did yes i i absolutely liked it better than this for sure mm, cool yes all right um, um that's awesome yes and and then just two more <laughs> yeah hell yeah uh, if you just want like i mean i'm just thinking of, like in the woods home invasion stuff like of course hush is wonderful uh, and the you took mine wonderful. damn it sorry ah, I didn't, I didn't we're, all, we're all thieves <laughs> we're all stealing say friend home that's my only one <laughs> wait did you have another one um the, uh hush and the lodge oh oh oh, mm. oh. um yeah. Yeah, something I would, I mean, honestly, like, I know it's not COVID related, but like Bodies, 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 if like in terms of like this generation um, is another good one. Um, And uh, I will always now suggest Urban Legend if you want a good, uh, you know, 90s uh, slasher that I like better than um, I know she did last summer. Um, But uh, yeah, (laughs) that's what I would go with there. Beautiful. Well, I think that wraps up our episode of, wow, I was about to say the menu, guys. Okay. That (laughs) wraps up Mm -hmm. our episode of Sick. You can follow us on all the social medias at TalkHorrorPod, P-O-D, on the TikTok and the Instagram and the Twitters. So give us some suggestions of other things you want us to be uh, watching, but please engage with our content. So like Brian said, we can get up to 10K followers on our TikToks. And um, Brian, where can they follow us? Yeah. Oh, sorry, listen to us. <laughs> no, that's that's true. They, you can follow us on those things too, like Stitcher, like Spotify, uh, like the uh, Apple Podcasts. Um, rate and review us there. Five stars, please. Oh, five stars, please. And thank you. And thank you. And I think the only <laughs> quote that, well, it's not even a quote, but what we were yelling at the top of our lungs is, stop, drop, and roll. Do not yeah. forget it. Stop, Robin, and roll. Also, why isn't he wet? Stop, and roll. And why is he wet? Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.